The opinions expressed on The Rob Report are the opinions of the hosts, participating callers, and or listener emails, texts, and letters, and are not necessarily the opinions of WDAY or Forum Communications. Welcome to the Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. Yo, I got to turn down my local. I am a little too loud in my own ears, Ben. A little bit. Coming a little, a little bit too loud. Hot. Yep. Coming a little hot? Yeah. Yep. All right. I turned myself down a little bit. Yep. There. Sounds better. All right. Uh, okay. We have uh, we have a good show coming up today. Of course, President Donald Trump is going to be in Fargo tonight. Everybody's excited about it. The area is a... I feel, I feel like the region's excited about it, right? I mean... Really, I mean, I, I was excited when when Democratic uh, presidents would would visit, right? I, yeah, I mean, I, well, we already got a couple hundred people out there last time I checked at the arena. Right now, so. yeah, I, I was just our our colleague Ross Torgerson from the uh, forum was just tweeted out a picture, and I would I would say that crowd's probably a couple hundred people waiting to get in the uh, yeah the six thousand seat, right? I think that's what what I if yeah. I understand it right, six thousand seat Shields Arena. So uh, exciting stuff. Uh, here on the show, we're actually going to have uh, Corey Lewandowski, who uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably recognize from your cable television screens. Uh, he was a former Trump campaign manager. He was, a, I think, he was a contributor to CNN for a while. Uh, he's going to be on the program talking about the rally, and of course, the rally is being held in support of the Senate campaign of Congressman Kevin Kramer, and Kramer himself is going to be on the program at 1:30, as he always is taking. Your comments, your questions, it's our open phone segment with him. Uh, so we have comments or questions for him ahead of the Trump rally tonight. You can ask him. He'll be on. Um, and as always, I should mention, because Kramer is on every week, I do every Monday extend uh, the opportunity to Senator Heidi Heitkamp to come on the show as well. And uh, she, her campaign, neither her campaign or nor her Senate office uh, ever respond to me, but we do extend the invitation every week, so I want people to, of course, understand that. We would gladly have her on the show um, and have her take questions from you, but uh, she doesn't do that. And as I understand it, I'm not even sure she takes calls when she goes on other shows either. So I don't know. Um, plus your uh, phone calls uh, today, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, yesterday. This is the thing I wanted to address right away, Ben. So yesterday we got a, uh, an email from a listener asking about, uh, a lawsuit against Congressman Kevin Kramer. Right. From, uh, David Thompson. Yeah. 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 And, and David Thompson, of course, is the candidate for attorney general for the North Dakota Democratic Party. Um, it's, it's not a lawsuit. Uh, what it is, it's a, it's a complaint filed with the federal elections commission, uh, alleging that Congressman Kramer has inappropriately reimbursed himself for campaign expenses. Um, a serious charge, if true. I read, uh, I read through, I did some of the math on the, on the, uh, on the complaint though, Ben, and, and guess what I found? What'd you find? It's, it's dumb, is what I found. Okay. It's very, very dumb. Um, dumb. Well, well, we'll get to that in a moment. First, okay. I want to set up some history of Mr. Thompson. Back in 2013, this guy was circulating a, a legal, I don't know. I don't know even know what to call it. It was a document, and it had like legal citations. So I don't know if you call that like a brief or an opinion. I, I don't know what it is. But anyway, he was circulating it. It became the basis of an effort to indict former Governor Jack Dalrymple for bribery back in 2013, and indict him by way of of ballot a petition, 
which which is kind of an anachronistic part of North Dakota law. I guess you can you can attempt to indict get somebody indicted by gathering enough signatures. Um, the petitioners were never able to gather enough signatures. They were doing it in one of the super rural counties where the low pot. Because I think the law says you have to get a certain a certain num- percentage of the number of votes cast for governor in that county. Uh, that's how many signatures you got to get to to accomplish this. So they were going to one of the super rural counties where there weren't that many votes cast because there's not that many people living there. Uh, I think it was Dunn County, if I remember right. Um, didn't get a lot of votes, right? They couldn't even cross that low threshold, just to show. So he was a part of that, or at least his arguments were a part of that. Um, earlier this year, he came on this program and accused both Wayne Stenjum and former Governor Dalrymple of, of bribery again. Uh, earlier this year, the North Dakota, uh, excuse me, a left-wing group aligned with the North Dakota Democrats, or certainly uh, ideological fellow fellow travelers with them, were upset because. Uh, former U.S. House candidate Tom Campbell filmed a campaign ad in front of a truck that had his company's logo on it. Uh, the North Dakota Democratic Party filed an FE, uh, filed a complaint, an ethics complaint, against Congressman Kramer because he used his official U.S. House Twitter account uh, to respond to something uh, that Mike McFeely posted on Twitter. And so Congressman Kramer responded to him from his official U.S. House. And they said that was a misappropriation of, of taxpayer funds for a political purpose. I, I guess I guess they forgot that Twitter's free, Ben. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. But Yeah, I mean... Ben, last time I checked, Twitter doesn't cost anything, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I, I, feel, I, I feel like the whole thing where, like, members of Congress have to have two Twitter accounts. They've got to have their campaign account and then, like, their official congressional account. I feel like that's just dumb and confusing. Why can't they just have one social media account? It's them. They're a politician, right? They're right. going to issue press releases about legislation in Washington. They're also going to send out political messaging about their campaigns. Why not just do it all from the same place? I don't get it. If they want to do it all from the same place. They should be allowed to do that. I think that whole thing's dumb. But Democrats were filing an ethics. And so my point here, right, my point is that, oh, by the way, the Democrats also, they've been griping for a long time now because Congressman Kramer uh, has reimbursed family members for campaign expenses. He's hired family members' firms for his campaign. Uh, he pays his wife uh, to be his campaign manager. None of these expenditures are egregious, right? You add it up over his three U.S. House, you know, federal U.S. House campaigns. Uh, it's not a lot of money that we're talking about overall. He does pay his wife to be his campaign or to be a member of his campaign staff. I'm not sure that she's manager in this cycle, but she had that title in previous cycles. Um, she's paid modestly. I think it added up to like $50,000 a year, which in terms of uh, what a lot of these people make for, you know, federal campaigns, not a lot of money. So anyway, the Democrats, what what I'm pointing is, is that they're constantly making these ethics accusations. Nothing ever comes of them. So, so here's the Thompson's latest. And what he's alleging is that Kramer inappropriately, um, reimbursed himself for mileage and meals. Now, I'm going to read directly. This is John Hageman's report on it in the Fargo Forum. I quote, According to Thompson's complaint, Kramer's campaign reimbursed him $1,152.75 for travel during the first quarter of 2018, and his wife was reimbursed $531.38 at the federal mileage rate of 54.5 cents per mile. That's 2,115 miles for Kramer and 975 miles for his wife. Okay, now that's in the first quarter of 2018. Okay, now Kramer got in the Senate race in February, but before that he had a U.S. House campaign. So he had legitimate campaign expenditures for the entirety of that quarter. 
right? Before he was running for Senate, he was going to run for re-election to the House. Then right. he switched his campaign into a Senate campaign. So he had, from January 1st to the end of the first quarter, he had legitimate campaign expenditures. So if we if we go, I mean, there were 90 days in that first quarter, and if we divide 2,115 miles that Kramer reimbursed him from, reimbursed himself for, we get 23.5 miles per day. Okay. Does that seem unreasonable? That doesn't seem like a lot. His wife was reimbursed for less than 11 miles per day. Okay. Now, this is what this is what Thompson said. Thompson said, technically a quarter is three months, but Kramer only announced he would run for Senate in mid-February. At any rate, Congress was in session for most of the quarter, so it's hard to imagine Kramer could find time for that much tra- travel, Thompson said. So that's, that, that's the crux of his argument, is that, well, Kramer couldn't possibly have driven all these miles during the first quarter of, of, of 2018. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, well, Okay, an average of 23.5 miles per day. That's unreasonable. That that's that's an average of 164.5 miles per week. Now granted maybe he doesn't drive that every week, but you do a couple of round trips to put it in perspective, right? Because a lot of times the politicians do like a like a circuit of the state's largest cities, right? They do that Williston, Minot, Grand Forks, Fargo, Bismarck, Dickinson, right? That big rectangle. Right. Yeah. Uh the 2,115 miles that Kramer put on during the first quarter of 2018 would be during that three-month period doing that cycle of, uh, of those six cities two and a half times, a little more than two and a half times. Okay. Does that seem unreasonable? No. Well, and you mentioned his wife, it was like 11 like miles driven a day. Yeah, 11 miles, yeah, about 70, 77 miles I'm a week. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's what I do in a day, like driving – to the station and from home each day like that doesn't yeah. sound unreasonable uh unreasonable at all right to me i i mean it's i i feel like if the congressman was going to scam uh, there's more lucrative ways to do it now here's the other part of his complaint right because the other part of his complaint was meals so i again quoting from john hageman's article in the fargo forum uh the complaint also said kramer was reimbursed for 250 was reimbursed for 250 dollars uh, $253 for per diem meals, which suggested Kramer considered the payment a kind of stipend or salary, not allowed under campaign financing rules. That is, Kramer wasn't reimbursed for the cost of a meal, but for a flat daily amount regardless of the actual cost. Uh, Kramer's filings with the FEC shows the $253 was for 16 meals, or $15.81 per meal. But he also filed per diem meals in other instances, which varied from $17 to $20. Okay, so so far what we have is 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 a is an FEC complaint that's upset because Congressman Kramer averaged a little less than 24 miles per day during the first quarter in 2018 and reimbursed miles from his campaign uh, and reimbursed himself for 16 meals at an average cost of $15.81 a meal. Mm-hmm. This this is the basis for the FEC complaint to the by by uh, filed by. Uh, Attorney General candidate David Thompson. And by the way, with the full backing of the North Dakota Democratic Party, I mean, they're issuing press releases and everything out, pushing out Thompson's complaint. Now, let me ask you, do you feel like this complaint is really about uncovering some malfeasance that, that Congressman Kramer is guilty of, that it's about uncovering some abuse of campaign funds? Or do you think maybe this is about uh, a campaign year, filing a complaint in a campaign year that'll get headlines, but probably won't be settled until after Election Day. 
And I kind of feel like it's the latter. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like it's this is a stunt. This is about getting negative headlines for Senator Heitkamp's uh, political opponent. And and frankly, fits in with the Heitkamp strategy of inspiring the public to hate her opponents. There's no substance here. If you do the math on this, it's absurd. Kramer didn't do anything wrong here. This is not egregious. He's not getting rich off of this. This is a guy who's campaigning in a state with a lot of miles through a lot of empty territory. You campaign statewide. Maybe North Dakota Democrats don't realize how many miles it takes to campaign in western North Dakota because they don't campaign out there that much, judging by uh, the paucity of office holders they have in western North Dakota. Caller, Ken, you're on. What's up? And, and everything you've laid out, I thought about this yesterday when this guy was given time on Mike McFeely's show, which is fine. But then this has led WDAY's news cycle through this morning at 7.30 and 8.30. It was the top news story mentioned. That's ridiculous. We're talking about $1,000 well, in some travel reimbursements. And it's been made by what I consider to be, I guess, a private citizen who just says, hey, I don't really have anything here, but, but, but I suspect this mileage is high with nothing else. That's it. That's all they, I mean, and you've got a 24-hour really news cycle. This has been mentioned dozens of times on, on WDAY that I've heard. Well, I don't, I don't have a problem with the fact that this is that this, the guy's making this accusation. I don't think this reflects well on Democrats. I mean, you have – I mean, and, and again, that's why I set it up. I wanted to roll out Thompson's past because he's got a history of making these just completely wild accusations. Right. He goes out there. He makes these wild accusations. He's kind of, you know, he's, he's on the statewide ballot this cycle. But in the past, I mean, he's just sort of a most people don't know who this guy is. Right. So they don't recognize his name when it comes up again and again behind these accusations. And so it's what this is. This is a tactic. This is a wild accusation made by Democrats in order to create headlines. The same as when they were accusing Kramer of of, uh, of inappropriately using Twitter. The same as when they were accusing House candidate Tom Campbell because uh, one of his campaign ads showed a truck with his company's logo on it. Uh, I mean, this stuff is just dumb. This stuff is dumb. I mean, they want to talk about wasting public resources. How many public resources are going to be wasted investigating and adjudicating these silly claims? So I don't, I don't have a problem with this being news, but let's do the math on this. I mean, let's sit down and really do the math. You're saying, oh, Kramer's a bad guy because he reimbursed himself for 2,115 miles, uh, a little over 1,100 bucks in mileage uh, during the first quarter of 2018. He's a congressman. He's running a statewide campaign in a state that's very big and very spread out, right? It's not like he's campaigning in Vermont. He's campaigning in North Dakota. You want to campaign in North Dakota, you got to put on the miles. Now, listen, I understand. Senator Heitkamp probably doesn't put on the same number of miles. She doesn't attend public events like Congressman Kramer does. She just doesn't. She does not make herself available to the public like Congressman Kramer does. But that's the difference, and that's on her. Don't beat up. I mean, I don't, are there any, is there anybody out there who donated to the congressman's campaign who feels like their money's being uh, misallocated or abused? Because the only one complaining about it seems to be a Democrat who belongs to Senator Heitkamp's party. Thanks for the call, Ken. Appreciate it. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM 
888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Um, yeah, so we're, we're talking about, and, and again, this is an absurd accusation level against Congressman Kramer. And, and really, it's about, it's just about, it's not really about the facts. I, I think if you asked, if you asked Democrats privately, there's, I, I struggle to see how they could see anything wrong with the way Congressman Kramer is spending his campaign money, averaging about 20, reimbursing himself about 24 miles per day for, for campaign expenditures uh, is, is a little silly. Um, I, I mean, that's, say, saying something's wrong with that is, is silly. Uh, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. The point is to get the negative headline. Right. The, the, the point is, is to give a jumping off point for left wing commentators. Oh, well, Congressman Kramer, crooked or crooked Kramer. Right. As the North Dakota Democratic Party. Uh, I, I think it's funny how the North Dakota Democratic Party, they, they've sort of adopted President Trump's rhetorical style. Right. They were calling him vile and unfit for office and everything. Giving in 2016. Him nicknames and stuff. But in 2018, they also, oh, crooked Kramer. Oh, he's got a complaint uh. against him. Right. That's that's just what they want to be able to say. They just want to say that Kramer's got an FEC complaint against him, that he's got an ethics complaint against him. That's really all it's about. It's not about anything else. Mark emails. He goes, Rob, what do Democrats think about Maxine Waters paying family members $750,000 for a campaign mailing? Well, I I mean, A, I I don't know anything about that Maxine Waters case. Um, But I'll tell you, I don't have a problem with political candidates uh, using – you know, services or or paying members of their family to work for their staff, uh, as long as it's not abusive, right? I mean, if 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 Maxine Waters' family's firm was paid the the going market rate for a mailer to send out a mailer, then okay, fine, right? Now, if if it's clear that they're paying, you know, ten times the going rate to do it, well, now we're talking about a situation where they're just funneling money. Uh, but with, in Kramer's case, we're talking about eleven hundred dollars. And vehicle mileage over three months for a guy who's running a statewide political campaign. You're, you're telling me that that's a problem? Give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, let's see. Emailer says, um, emailer asks, uh, Rob, what were Heidi's travel expenses for the same period? Well, that's a good question, and it's 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 a little bit hard to answer because I've actually looked back when um, you know North Dakota Democrats were were bashing Kramer for paying members of his family to um, you know to, to provide service for his campaign. I looked up some of this. Heikamp's done the same thing. Like she's paid some of her members for reimburse them for catering or reimburse them for some some other supplies or whatever. But typically, it looks like the way the Heikamp campaign does their bookkeeping is. They just charge everything directly to the campaign, and it sounds like maybe they've just got, like, like campaign credit cards or something. And so instead of having the candidate and, you know, the various staffers and everybody pay for things out of pocket, uh, they just charge everything directly to the campaign. Now, the way Kramer does it is he, uh, he pays out of pocket and he reimburses himself from the campaign. I don't know that there's anything necessarily wrong with either. I think the way Kramer does it is probably a little bit more transparent. But, uh, you know, in the long run, it's just two different ways of doing the bookkeeping. So the problem is, if you look into, um, you know, the, the only travel, I just did a quick search during the break on the FEC database. The only uh, the only travel reimbursement I could find uh, for Senator Heitkamp 
is uh, directly to her is a July 19th, 2017 uh, reimbursement for $343.86 for travel. That's it. Uh, now, obviously, Senator Heitkamp, I'm sure, has more travel expenses than that that she's attributed to her campaign. What I'm assuming is she's charging them directly to her campaign. Uh, and I don't necessarily know, at least just searching it here while I'm on air, I don't know of a good way to go about just running that down. But, again, it's just two different ways of doing it. And, and it doesn't even really matter what Senator Heitkamp's doing. Maybe Senator Heitkamp doesn't travel as much. Maybe she doesn't drive around. In fact, I know she doesn't drive around North Dakota as much as Congressman Kramer does. Kramer drives around a lot. And in my experience, when I've seen him doing it, he drives himself. Right? So he doesn't have, like, some driver driving him around either. He drives himself. He drives himself around the state. It's a big state. He puts on a lot of miles. I, I think when you're evaluating this, the question you got to ask yourself is, is $1,100 over a 90-day period for a guy running a statewide campaign for federal office unreasonable? And again, you're talking about him being reimbursed at the federal the federal rate, which is like almost 55 cents a mile, getting reimbursed for, you know, about 24 miles a day. Is that unreasonable? I don't think that's unreasonable. I think what Democrats are doing, they're filing a complaint to get a headline, to get a talking point, to further their political narrative, not to expose anything that I think any rational person would consider to be malfeasance but i don't know your mileage may vary you like what i did there snuck in that mileage thing ben i liked it i like yeah it. that's why i get the medium-sized dollars 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com we'll be right back don't go away welcome back rob report 970 wday am 93.1 fm 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com Talking about uh, Trump, uh, of course, visiting Fargo today. Uh, everybody's really excited about it. I think uh, I, I think it's fun anytime a president visits. I mean, he love Trump, hate Trump, ambivalent towards Trump. Uh, I think it's worth paying attention when somebody like that visits our area. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Glad he's coming. Was glad when President Obama visited North Dakota during his administration. I thought that was great. Right. I think it's Took- going to bring some money into the town, too, like while he's here for so many people yeah. coming from out of the out of the- State and out of yeah. city coming near. Yeah. Although, I, I mean, there's a lot of expenses, too, about, secu- you know, security and all that. Of course. But. Uh, and I had, you know, I, I heard some people complaining that, that Mayor Tim Mahoney was wanting to understand, you know, the, the expense of, you know, that the Trump's visit was going to was going to cost, you know, in terms of obviously providing security and, and all that stuff. You know, and there's I mean, there's other things, you know, I'm sure there's some extra garbage cleanup or whatever that that's, that goes along with it. Um you know, sometimes you'll hear about local leaders and they'll they'll bill the campaigns for the expense or whatever. It doesn't sound like Fargo's going to do that. I, I didn't understand the people criticizing Mayor Mahoney over that, though. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to understand what that expense is. Right. You know, you don't have I mean, just wanting to know what the number is doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. opposed to it. Although I might say if we could turn back the clock a little bit into the debate over, you know, understanding the cost of refugee resettlement in our communities in North Dakota. There were a lot of people who were upset because people just wanted to know what those costs were. And a lot of people treated even asking what those costs were as an act of bigotry. So I don't, I don't have a problem at all with Mayor Mahoney uh, asking, uh, you know, asking what, what Trump's visit's going to cost. So we should understand that. That's a good thing to understand. Uh, and if there's ways we could do it more efficiently or whatever, fine. Um, but, you know, generally I, I think this is why we pay for those sorts of public services. Right. I mean, the president of the United States paying a visit 
to our state. Um, I think that we can cover that with with public dollars. I, well, I, don't understand I, I what completely understand uh, Fargo police saying that, you know, why they can't say how expensive it is because they just don't know until after it happens. So, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They won't know. I mean, we don't exactly. we don't know. I mean, th- we could we could see a big uh, a big protest spring up mm-hmm. out of nowhere i mean we don't necessarily know what those costs are going to be yet so uh brian also has uh an email asking rob i haven't heard but was the fargo dorm considered or, or not available for the trump rally was such a big crowd anticipated it seems like a lot of folks may not get in thanks well um i don't know i actually i've, I've emailed the the kramer campaign uh just just i thought they'd be the folks to ask off the top of my head i emailed that question to them asking why the, the fargo dome wasn't considered uh, if I get an answer during the show, I'll certainly let you know. I, I don't know why the Fargo Dome was. I don't know. Maybe it was unavailable. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I don't even know how much control the, the Kramer campaign has over this. I mean, these rallies, are act, they're actually done through President Trump's political campaign. So I have a feeling they're the ones who, uh, they're the ones who plan it and, and, and stuff like that. Um Oh, I should say also, by the way, if you're looking for a good spot, maybe you can't necessarily get in to the event, but you're looking for a good spot to watch it from, uh, my good buddy Jay Thomas will be broadcasting his show after this one from 2 to 5 p.m. Uh, from the patio at Pub West on Veterans Boulevard in Fargo. Uh, it's, it's sponsored by Pelican Pete's Pistachios. Uh, Pub West is like three blocks from the Shields Arena. Uh, they have a big outdoor patio. Uh, it's going to be a great spot to be. Uh, you can go down there. You can there. Yeah, and you yeah. can uh, you can sample some of the uh, Pelican Pete's pistachios. They're awesome. Um, and if you, if you get there between two and five, you can maybe hang out with Jay a little bit too, which is always a good time. Um, so that's that's coming up for Jay Show two to five live from uh, Pub West on Veterans Boulevard, and, and again just just like three blocks from Shields Arena. So maybe a good place to uh, to, to watch President Trump's speech from seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at WDAY.com. And again, coming up in the next hour, Corey Lewandowski, former uh, Trump campaign manager, is going to be on the program. We'll be talking about the Trump rally, uh, as well as uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer on at 1.30 for his weekly open phone segment. You can call in and ask him whatever you like. Uh, let's see. we got another uh, caller on the line, John. Let's get John on. What, what's, what's up, John? Hey, Rob. I can give you a little bit of input on why you would choose the Shields Arena over, say, the Fargo Dome for something like this. All right. <laughs> because I've actually been involved with organizing several events over the course of my life. And first of all, the Fargo Dome is extremely expensive compared to the Shields Arena. And yes, it is larger, but the thing is, and, and, and Mike was talking about it on his show this morning, you want to use the smallest room possible for a political rally. Because it, 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 in other words, you don't want to have a pan of the crowd, and and then it's a bunch, of empty, a bunch of empty seats. Yeah. So yeah, if no. you have a large a number of people crammed into a facility, a large crowd standing outside, a large crowd lining the boulevards, it makes you look good, does it not? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think that I think that makes absolute sense, John. Where you have an issue where. Um, you know, I, North Dakota Democrats have made that problem. Maybe that's where Mike understands it from. North Dakota Democrats have made that problem in the past where they have rented out the Alaris Center uh, and have been in. They, I, I think one year they, they rented out the Alaris Center. They were in the, the main room of the not, – not even like the convention center part, but like the main hall 
and they had like they had like 450 delegates there um and so there were all these pictures of this big cavernous space and just like it, it looked like there were 12 people at their convention i mean that, well, that exactly was the opposite, i mean it's so. just like if you have a protest and you know i mean and and and, and don't get me wrong on this but you know the kids from parkland were in moorhead yesterday and I look at the camera pan of who was there, and I say, yeah, okay, yeah, they had maybe 100 or, you know, 150 people, whatever. Yeah. But but if you'd have done that same type of rally in the Fargo Dome, how how pitiful would that look for your organization? Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And also, I think as much fun as this is locally, right, and it's it's a lot of fun, uh, and people show up, and I mean, yesterday we had Laura Trump on, who actually plans these events. I wish we could have asked her the Fargo Dome question, but uh, didn't have the question at that time. Uh, but she was on yesterday. I mean, she said, you know, going to these events is unlike anything you've ever done before. It's just, it's just fun. Um, I, I suspect that's right. But, but the rally well, and, itself and, and is—it's no not a reason why Trump isn't going to have probably, you know, a solid twenty to thirty thousand people, you know, from Fargo, Moorhead, and the surrounding area show up for this in some manner, you know, but some people don't want to be inside a building, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So why, why would you, why would you spend and more also, money than you needed to on a bigger space? It's, it's also not, it's also not really about the people who are there, right? Because most of the audience is going to be watching on television or listening on the radio. Well, exactly. Um, because I mean, I could care less yeah. to stand in that room because I'm actually kind of claustrophobic myself. Yeah. And I already know what he's going to say. You know, yeah. for the most part, because I'm a supporter. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's here. It's to get people excited. It's to show support for Congressman Kramer. Um, why they didn't book the Fargo Dome. Honestly, I, I think the Shields Arena, it's a little bit, if you could call a 6,000-seat arena uh, intimate, uh, it's it's certainly more intimate than the uh, the Fargo Dome. But, uh, no, I mean, and, and the Shields Arena is a great place. That's where... Uh, gosh, in, in 2016, that's where the North Dakota Republican Party held their, their state convention. Um, yeah, and I so don't it's know a, what it's a very the nice state, you know, what the Bison Sports Arena holds, but, you yeah. know, that's where George Bush came, you know, when he came to Fargo, you know, what was it, about 10, 12, you know, odd years yeah. ago when he won re-election, you yeah. know, and he, and he breezed in and it was a packed house and a packed boulevard to and from the airport. I mean, enough said. Yeah. I, I, if, if you haven't gotten your tickets to Trump's event by now, you're not going to get in. John, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet to the Trump rally, you're probably not getting in. I, I'm assuming they're sold out at this point. Uh, but you can't, they are sold out, Ben. Is that what you're going to Well, tell me? I don't think that it's a, so much a selling out thing as they're selling. They're giving out as many tickets as possible online, but just because you have a ticket doesn't mean that you will get in because it's a oh, gotcha. first come first serve basis. Well, if if if, if showing up on the scene's not your thing, uh, yeah. we're going to carry the the speech live right here on right. WDAY Radio. Uh, you can watch it live, of course, on WDAY Television. Uh, and if you're an internet sort of person, you could stream it live. Uh, at WDAY.com and Inforum.com. So those are all the ways uh, that you can watch uh, and listen. If you want to go and haven't gotten a ticket yet, you need to do that online. They will not be giving out tickets, selling tickets at the actual event itself. So you need to right. come there with the ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at this line. I mean, there's hundreds of people standing yeah. out front there already. Oh, yeah. So I, not that I want to discourage anybody from trying. But, no. Um, I mean, you're out there. Also, by the way, I mean, Congressman Kramer is going to be joining us on the program um, you know, we're, we're talking about Trump all day. Meanwhile, in the United States House, 
Uh, there's an immigration overhaul bill. Um, Congressman Kramer, he's, he's voting on the bill. Then he's going to hop on Air Force One to head to North Dakota with, with President Trump. I wonder if he's going to call us from Air Force One. Yeah, I don't know. That that'll be interesting. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Talk to Congressman from Air Force on a One. Plane. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to take a break, and we'll come right back. This is the Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. We'll be back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back to Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. So I got an update from Congressman Kramer's office, Ben. Yeah, uh, because he's going to be calling in. There's a lot going on. We're lucky. We're lucky to be getting the congressman today mm-hmm. uh, because they got that big vote going on on the immigration bills in the House right now, which I'm kind of monitoring Twitter to see if we're going to get. Uh, oh, here it just broke from the Associated Press. House rejects Republican immigration bill as 11th hour b- backing by Trump fails to heal GOP divisions. That's not a good development. Um, but I, I guess now that Congressman Kramer voted on that and I, I believe he voted yes I have to confirm that. I guess I don't know for sure. Uh, my understanding is he was going to vote yes. I haven't seen the vote tally. Um, he, uh, I, but from his office, he tells me uh, he will be calling in like normal. He won't be on Air Force One when he calls in. Uh, uh, he may be at the White House though. So there okay. we go. Call call in from the That's White so House. Cool. That is that is kind of awesome. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. Kurt emails uh, Rob. It's sad. That you could get the daughter-in-law of the president of the United States on the phone, but not our own senator. Pathetic. Yeah, you know. I feel like I've kind of made it clear that I think that's pathetic too, Ben. Yeah, I, I'd yeah. say you have. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I just don't. I just don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, why not just come on? Why not just come on? And, and by the way, I also think because earlier in the program we were talking about this ethics or. Uh, not ethics complaint. I guess it's an ethical complaint. A complaint campaign finance complaint filed with the FEC by David Thompson, who is the North Dakota Democratic Party's attorney general candidate and who also has a has a long history of making these sorts of accusations that go exactly nowhere. Um, you know, they're, they're alleging that Congressman Kramer, you know, he, he traveled all these miles in the 90 day period of the first quarter of 2018. Um, you know, he traveled. An average of about 24 miles a day. Um, his wife traveled an average of about 11 miles a day, and I guess that they were reimbursed for by the campaign. Uh, and I guess they're seeing, oh, he couldn't possibly have traveled that much. And, and I guess, my, I mean, it sort of begs the question, right? Because somebody somebody, somebody uh, texted me during the break, and they were like, well, and we, we had a listener, too, email and say, well, what did Heidi travel, right? Well, I, good question. Is Senator Heitkamp not out traveling the state? Is she not out in these communities, right? I mean, clearly Congressman Kramer, unless he's just fabricating the mileage out of whole cloth, which I suspect that's not true. I suspect that if he, I suspect that if a congressman, if a member of Congress wants to find a scammy way to make money, there's more lucrative avenues for that that aren't, you know, disclosed to the FEC. But regardless... Is Senator Heitkamp out traveling to these communities? Right? How often is she getting around the state? And by the way, I mean, maybe that should become a campaign issue. In a campaign where Senator Heitkamp actively avoids members of the media she doesn't like, right? When she has a a long history during her, her nearly six years in office in the United States Senate, 
where she only, I mean, the sort of public events she holds are tightly controlled, tightly scripted. Her interactions with the public, there's always like a buffer between her and the public. Which she well, generally, in my experience, when she does go on other shows, she won't come on this show. There's a number of other hosts whose shows she won't go on. We're generally right of center people. She won't come on our shows. But when she goes on friendly shows, she still doesn't, in my experience, as I understand it, she doesn't take phone calls. I don't know if that's a stipulation coming from her campaign or what. Or maybe she just doesn't get phone calls. I don't know. But, I mean, here you have somebody. I think it's a valid question to ask. What is Senator Heitkamp's willingness to interact with the public? And it seems to me that willingness is is very small. And I, I think that contrasts very sharply with Congressman Kevin Kramer. Say what you want about him. I mean, last year, Ben, that what, what, what do they call themselves? That indivisible group, uh, indivisible Fargo Moorhead. Yes. Yeah. All these all these left wing groups, um, you know, they, they were demanding town halls from members of Congress. I mean, they're a left wing group. They're a pro-Senator Heitkamp group. I mean, you, you look at their social media now, that's what they're campaigning for, Heidi Heitkamp. But last year, they were trying to claim that they were sort of bipartisan, middle of the road, whatever. That was a big lie. Uh, but they invited Congressman Kramer to one of their events. He showed up in Fargo, showed up to the event, got screamed at. That was unfortunate, but he showed up. He was there. Heck, last year, Congressman Kramer uh, showed up at a, at, a, at, a, at a town hall in Mandan. And one of the one of the left wing agitators there got so worked up, put his hands on the congressman. Right? Remember, grabbed him like grabbed him by the collar. Tried, I think he tried to stuff what? money down his shirt or something like that. Do you remember that? No, no, yeah. I didn't hear about that. That happened. Yeah, that wow. happened. It was a made national news. Wow. So Congressman Kramer, and listen, I it's it's terrible that that happened. You, sh- I, I don't care what political right. ideology you were the you don't put your hands on them. That was disgusting. I don't think you should shout at him either. I think that's disgusting. But. Some people do. The, the, the point, though, is that Congressman Kramer shows up. When, I mean, do you think Senator Heitkamp would accept an invitation from, like, Americans for Prosperity to hold a town hall with their membership? Because that's essentially what Kramer did with this indivisible, indivisible Fargo-Moorhead. They're a left-wing group. They invited him to show up. He showed up. Their membership screamed at him. But he showed up. He took questions. Would Senator Heitkamp ever do that? I, I don't know, Rob. She I hasn't. She hasn't done it. I think it's a valid question to ask. I think it's a valid campaign issue. North Dakotans expect their political leaders to be accessible. We expect to see them in our parades. We expect to see them in our communities. We expect to shake their hands at some point. North Dakota, I've said it before, North Dakota is a small town in the shape of a state. We expect to see them. And Senator Heitkamp just doesn't live up to that standard. Now, she covers for it very well. And anybody who calls it out will get attacked by her by her people or get attacked by her brother, as they did to me. But it's true. She knows it's a weak spot, which is why they react to anybody pointing it out so angrily, her and her surrogates. But it's reality. Anyway, hour two of the Rob Report coming up. Corey Lewandowski. I'm sure uh, I'm sure Trump fans know that name. He used to be Trump's campaign manager. He's going to be on the program at 1 o'clock. And then Congressman Kramer himself from the White House, or at least on the way to the White House, he'll be calling in. Taking questions as normal. This is uh, the Rob Report. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Hour two. Going to be joined in a moment by former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski. Also later in the program, uh, really sort of the man of the hour. I mean, the man that President Trump is coming to Fargo to support. Congressman Kevin Kramer, U.S. Senate candidate Kevin Kramer. He'll be calling us... uh, 
I, I think calling us from the White House. Take your comments and questions. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. And before we get to Corey, got an answer from last question. Somebody asked, why the Shields Arena, not the Fargo Dome? Pat Finken, uh, tr- uh, Kevin Kramer's campaign manager, email says, I am not sure. It was a Trump campaign rally, and the Trump campaign made all the arrangements. So I, I suspect it's just about venue size. Yeah, typically, typically that these rallies don't they don't Getting get as giant many, like many people packed in as possible. Probably giant football arenas, yeah. you know, and, and not that the Shields Arena is a small venue. I mean, no. it's a six thousand seat arena, but anyway, that's probably why. Uh, all right, let's go to our guest, Corey Lewandowski, Mister Lewandowski. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're doing good. Doing I'll good. tell you, Fargo area is uh, excited that President Trump's coming to visit. Well, look, it's an exciting day. I've had the privilege of attending a lot of the rallies that the president has done both during the campaign and since he's been the president, and it is an electric environment. It is a place where you see that big, beautiful Air Force One come on down, and then the president's motorcade. And I promise you, fellas, you will see a line of people from the airport all the way to the arena taking pictures with their cell phones, shooting the presidential motorcade. And then the people who have their tickets, uh, I would encourage them to get to the arena early tonight just because you have a ticket. It does not guarantee you entrance. So get there early and be prepared and be ready for a great time. It's a little weird in this part of it because nationally I think there's this narrative where Democrats just, they don't like President Trump. You hear like Nazi comparisons. You hear uh, talk. He, he's this tyrant. He's this terrible, awful person. In fact, North Dakota Democratic Party in 2016 cycle was calling the man vile, calling him unfit for office. In 2018, though, Senator Heidi Heitkamp, who – President Trump's coming here in part to support Kevin Kramer, her opponent. Uh, Senator Heidi, I mean, she's out. She's got campaign messaging, and it's bragging. Like, hey, look at how often I vote with President Trump. I think whatever campaign ad says, I vote with him most of the time. Is that a little odd? I mean, it's a Democratic incumbent trying to help Chuck Schumer get a majority in that chamber, and she's out here bragging how often she votes with, with Donald Trump. That seems like like a dissonance to me. Well, listen, I I travel the country a lot, and what I see very often is incumbent Democrats say one thing back in the state that they're elected to represent, and then they come to Washington, D.C., and they vote differently. And the question is, why did Heidi Heitkamp announce that she would not support the president's tax cuts, the largest tax cut in American history? So why did she not support that? Why would she be opposed to giving middle-class tax relief to the people of North Dakota? It's very simple. She talks one game in North Dakota, and then she comes here and she follows the Schumer agenda in Washington, lock, step, and that's the difference. And so what this president is doing, he's coming to North Dakota today. He's supporting, he's supporting Congressman Kramer. He wants someone in the U.S. Senate who's going to support his ideas and to continue to move the Trump agenda forward. And look, with all due respect to Heidi, you know, she has supported the president's agenda on a few occasions, but that's because the president carried that state by 40 points, and it's politically expedient for her to do that. If she was on the team, then she would have supported the president's tax cuts, and she did not do that, and there's accountability at the ballot box come November. 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. Now, we heard some stuff earlier this year that there was Senator Heitkamp's campaign. They were out there. We saw the state Democratic Party. Uh, they, they tweeted out a video, and they were making fun of Kramer because – uh, supposedly, Senator Heitkamp got to stand closer to the president during a bill signing uh, bill signing ceremony than he did. Uh, we saw a lot of national media buzz that that you know 
President Trump might might like, you know, almost sort of implying that, that, that President Trump would prefer Senator Heitkamp to Congressman Kramer. And certainly President Trump has has praised Senator Heitkamp in the past during a previous visit to North Dakota. The president uh, called her uh, a good woman, I, I think is how he put it. Uh, at, at one point, I know early in his administration, uh, Senator Heitkamp paid a visit to Trump Tower. There was speculation that she was being considered for a cabinet post. Um, I, a lot of people have played that up in, in the idea that that really Trump uh, secretly, you know, has a, has a friendship with with Senator Heitkamp that that Congressman Kramer resents. I mean, you're you're an insider on all this, Corey. How, how true is any of that? Look, let me let me say this. I don't speak for the president, but I do uh, I do support the president. Obviously, I was the campaign manager. I run help to oversee the vice president's political action committee. And what I know for sure is that this president and vice president personally recruited Congressman Kramer to get into this race for the United States Senate. And they did that for the sole reason of having another member of the U.S. Senate who was on their agenda, because the single biggest issue, excluding Neil Gorsuch as the Supreme Court justice, and now we've seen, in case you haven't noticed, that the breaking news right now is yeah, just, Justice Kennedy. Supreme Court justice who's going yep. to be retiring. But the single biggest issue that this administration has focused on is getting middle-class tax relief done. And when it came time for a vote, Heidi Heitkamp voted with every other Democrat in the country, including Chuck Schumer, to oppose middle-class tax relief. It was the single biggest issue that this administration has focused on. She voted against it, and that's why the president personally recruited Congressman Kramer to get into this race. He brought him into the Oval Office. He had that conversation. And now uh, Congressman Kramer is in this race, and the president is coming out there tonight specifically to make sure the people of North Dakota know exactly where he is on this issue. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Corey, obviously immigration has been in the headlines a lot. Um, there was just a vote in the United States House, and I know Congressman Kramer uh, was there voting on it as well. Uh, a vote failed it t- today in, in the House on an immigration bill, an immigration bill that President Trump endorsed on Twitter earlier today. Uh, is that a fiasco for the Trump administration? I mean, is, is, is the immigration issue, which, which I know was such a big part of the 2016 campaign, uh, has it become a liability for him now? No, it's not a fiasco, but what it is, it's an opportunity. And what that opportunity is, and I think everybody who cares about this country will say the same thing, is we have to be a nation of laws. And that means building a wall on the southern border to prevent illegal immigrants, illegal immigration from coming into our country. Now, it's very simple. If we were any other country in the world, and you crossed our border illegally, there would be consequences. But for some strange reason, the Democrats think that crossing into this country illegally is okay. And what this president has recommended and tried to achieve was to say, look, you give me the money for the wall, and I will work with you to allow the individuals who are in this country illegally, through no fault of their own, a pathway to become a U.S. citizen. Not an idea I love, but I'll tell you this. He's offered, he's extended the olive branch, and they've said no. The Democrats had the opportunity to fix this when they had the majorities under Barack Obama in the U.S. Senate and a, and a supermajority uh, in the House, basically, and they chose to do nothing. They chose to politicize this. This is an issue that we have to fix, and this administration, by signing the executive order recently, is taking those steps to move it in the right direction. Uh, Corey, how, how much does, does Justice – because, again, breaking news right now, Justice Kennedy is retiring. That will give President Trump uh, the opportunity to appoint – another justice to the United States Supreme Court. How much does this raise the stakes in the United States Senate race? Now, I think Democrats can argue, hey, Senator Heitkamp voted for Neil Gorsuch. She voted to confirm him. 
But I, I, I think what, what Republicans can can rebut is, okay, but if Senator Heitkamp stays in the Senate, that's one vote closer to a Democratic majority, uh, a Democratic majority that can block uh, any any sort of a vote or, or, or certainly disrupt any sort of a vote on, on new judicial nominees. So does this raise the stakes for the Senate campaign? It absolutely does. And you have to remember, when Neil Gorsuch was being considered to be a Supreme Court justice, Senator... Uh, Mitch McConnell changed the rules from a 60-vote majority, meaning a supermajority for cloture, to 51 votes. So when, when the Republicans knew they had those votes, the Democrats started to pile on board. Heidi Heitkamp and others got on board because they knew that Neil Gorsuch was going to pass. And moreover, not only was Justice Gorsuch supremely qualified for the position, but a number of Democrats of her party decided to vote against him for no reason whatsoever. And it wasn't that long ago when members of the Supreme Court who were under consideration would receive 80 or 90 votes to be elevated to the court. That's not what occurred with Justice Gorsuch. And when the president names a new person to fill this very, very important seat for Justice Kennedy, I am certain what you will see is partisan politics once again, and that's why it's more important than ever that Congressman Kramer is elected from North Dakota to come down and support the president's agenda in the United States Senate. Corey, you've, you've, you obviously you've been to a lot of these rallies. You were President Trump's campaign manager. You've been to one or two. I think there's a lot of people around here that are excited to go to this. I mean, this is really, I, I think, a big deal. For people who haven't been to one of these yet, what are they going to see? Well, it's, you know, the only thing I can equate it to is a rock concert and a sporting event all rolled into one. And, you know, we, we used to go to the rally saying, you know, why do you go to a sporting event? Because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. The same is true at a Donald Trump rally. He is traditionally untethered. He is speaking extemporaneously. He's talking directly to the American people. And it is like a rock concert environment. People come and they wait in line for hours and they have their paraphernalia and their shirts and their hats. And they want to get close to the stage so that maybe they get the chance to see the president, have him sign something. But the energy in the room is massive. He is so electrifying. And there is nothing like seeing a president in person and one who delivers such a powerful message. So what you're going to see tonight is you're going to see Fargo rocking. You're going to see the people in that stadium having a great time. And you're going to see uh, probably the fake news media saying that not as many people showed up as were actually there. That's usually how it works for us. Well, I work for that fake news media, so, Corey, be nice. Uh, no, I no, think it's going to be a lot of fun. Honestly, and, and look, as you've seen this, and if it wasn't for the president's Twitter account, many, many, many times the media has said that, the you know, I can think of the Pensacola rally. They took pictures, and they said nobody was yeah. here, except they yeah. forgot to disclose that, the, you know, the picture was taken four hours before the event started, right? And, and yeah. I see it every day. And the American people and the people who go to work every day for a living are tired of it because they know what's really going on. And my guess is... There's going to be 20,000 tickets sold for tonight. You're going to have six or 8,000 people inside. You'll have six or 8,000 people outside, plus all the people who are lining the route from the airport. That's yeah. what sometimes the media misses. Well, I could, I could tell you, uh, I'm, I'm seeing pictures from my colleagues working for uh, Forum, uh, Forum News Service, Forum Communications Company. There's already hundreds of people outside of the venue, and we're hours and hours away from the president speaking yet. So it's going to be a successful event. Corey, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, and you guys have a great night. Yeah, you too. Corey Lewandowski, of course, former uh, Trump campaign manager. This is The Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back to Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. 
we are uh, basically talking about, um, well, President Trump visiting North Dakota. He's coming to Fargo later today. And, and of course, breaking news in the last segment as we were interviewing uh, former uh, Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski um, is that Justice Kennedy is uh, stepping down from the Supreme Court. Uh, he is set to step down uh, later this year. Uh, that will obviously give President Donald Trump the opportunity to appoint uh, another member to the court. Now, he's he's expected to leave on July 1st. It's been rumored, I guess, for a year now. But uh, he's expected to, to, to depart on July 31st, uh, at which point President Trump will nominate uh, a new person to the Supreme Court. And then the Senate has to confirm. And the implications... I mean, obviously, the, the, the national implications are, are clear. Um, Anthony Kennedy, I, I think, I long seen as sort of a swing vote. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people describe. He's not a member of the liberal wing of the court, but kind of a kind of a swing vote on the court. Um, President Trump has the opportunity to probably make the court a little bit more reliably conservative. I mean, this is a big. The, the Supreme Court nominations are high, high stakes. I think there were a lot of Republicans in the 2016 election who if not maybe entirely enamored with President Trump, voted for him specifically because they knew he was probably going to get to appoint a couple of Supreme Court justices. So this is a big, big deal. Now, it's also a big, big deal for the North Dakota U.S. Senate race. Now, Senator Heikamp could say, I mean, she could she could say that she would vote for, like she, she could credibly say that she votes for President Trump's nominees. Right. I mean, she could she could say that credibly because she voted for Neil Gorsuch. Right. Last time around, she voted for the president's nominee. So she could say, well, I'll do it again this time. The problem with that argument for her is that. Her presence in the United States Senate. Is one vote closer. To a Democratic majority, right? Because nationally, Republicans are trying, they're trying to hold on to the Senate. A lot of people are expecting that the Republicans are going are gonna to lose the Senate. Well, maybe Republicans lose a Senate seat elsewhere where they could pick one up here in North Dakota. I mean, it, it, it raises the stakes on, Senator, on, on that U.S. Senate race exponentially. I, I mean, as if, as if this thing wasn't already, as if this thing wasn't already going to be, uh, wasn't already going to be a barn burner. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be crazy now. Now, uh, Senator Heitkamp, I could say, uh, voted no on five of President Trump's uh, cabinet and administration nominees. Just just to give us she obviously voted yes on the uh, Supreme Court nominee. Now, these are not judicial appointments. These are cabinet appointments. But just to give us an idea, she voted five no's uh, on all of them. She voted against uh, uh, Betsy uh, Devos, uh, secretary of education, uh, Mulvaney at the OMB. Uh, she voted against Jeff Sessions for Attorney General. Uh, she voted against Price uh, at the Department of Health, uh, and she uh, voted against Mnuchin at Treasury. So, but I mean, she's probably, uh, with with the exception of uh, S- Senator uh, Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, when it comes to President Trump's nominee, she's probably one of the friendliest Democrats. But again, that's that's not really the point. The point is who controls the Senate chamber. Is it going to be Republicans or is it going to be Democrats? Well, you keep you keep Senator Heitkamp in the Senate chamber. That's one vote closer to Democrats having the majority there, and one step closer to them being able to object to President Trump's appointment 
of a Supreme Court justice. And those so Supreme Court justice appointments last a long, long time. I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm Googling here to find out when uh, Justice Kennedy was appointed to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, but it was a long time ago. He's he's been on the court for more than 30 years. I believe he was 1988. He's a Reagan yeah. appointee. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. He was appointed in 1988. Just just to give you an example of how high the stakes are here. He was appointed in 1998 by Ronald Reagan. He's been, yeah, he's been on for for more than 30 years. He was he assumed office February 18th, 1988. He's been on the he's been on the bench the Supreme Court bench more than 30 years. So that's how big of a deal this is. It's a big deal. I had a uh, I have a political observer uh, texting me, um, texting me saying this is a nightmare scenario for Senator Heitkamp. That might be overstating the case a little bit, but it sure ain't good, right? Because I I, th- I think the, the problem Senator Heitkamp, the, the Senator Heitkamp's path to victory, as I've been saying for a while, is by getting very very personal on Kevin Kramer making it a referendum on Kevin Kramer, inspiring people to hate Kevin Kramer. That's how Senator Heitkamp wins. Anything that turns this into a national election is bad for Senator Heitkamp because the National Democratic Party is toxic in North Dakota. Uh, Hillary Clinton got less than 30% of the vote here. Senator Heitkamp studiously avoids. In fact, I think she was asked that question earlier this year. Did you see that, Ben? She was asked, you know, who does she stand for? Does she stand for? I, I think it was when the DNC, right? Like, like the DNC voted to, to maybe not allow, uh, not accept contributions from the oil and gas industry anymore. Mm-hmm. And Senator Heitkamp says, oh, well, I represent the North Dakota Democratic Party, you know, sort of distancing herself from the national party. Right. In 2012, she skipped her party's national convention. Right? So anything that nationalizes this race is bad for Heidi Heitkamp. And I got to tell you, having a Supreme Court justice appointment imminent, right? I mean, President Trump's going to be able to appoint somebody before election, and not appoint, but nominate somebody before election day. I mean, Senator Heitkamp's going to be out on the campaign trail being asked about this issue. This is not a good issue for her. And that's even assuming President Trump chooses to you know to, to, to nominate somebody. He may not. He may just leave it an open question until after election day. I guess we'll find out, but not a, not a good development for Senator Heitkamp, not a good situation for Senator Heitkamp at all. Anything that nationalizes this race is bad for Senator Heitkamp. Really, really bad. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Hey, I should also mention, by the way, uh, coming up, Jay Thomas is going to be broadcasting live from Pub West. He'll be there from 2 to 5 p.m. on the patio at Pub West. They're on Veterans Boulevard. If you're not going to be in the arena for Trump's speech, I really don't know of a better place in Fargo to watch it from. Right? If you want to go somewhere, have a good time, watch the Trump speech, uh, the patio at Pub West seems like a good place to go. If you want to hang out with Jay Thomas, be there from 2 to 5. Uh, and, oh, by the way, it's sponsored by Pelican Pete's Pistachios. I love the alliteration there. Pelican Pete's Pistachios. Pelican Pete's. Yeah. Pelican Pete's pistachios, which are which are awesome. Mm-hmm. I buy them; they're great. Um, I love pistachios too. I feel like pistachio is an under. Everybody's already sunflowers. Pistachios are really an underrated nut. I'm not super big on either pistachios or sunflowers. Uh, ben, but Ben, for crying out loud! What? You're what? not allowed. To, no, we're 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 pro pistachio on it, this show. Is this where I get taken off the air? Yeah, this right here. You're, oh, listen, man. you're either for pistachios or you're against them. Oh, all right, boy. 
I question I'm just, your I'm just patriotism. Take us to a break. I'm questioning your patriotism. We can talk about this. All right. Pelican Pete's pistachios are pretty great. We'll say that. More to come straight ahead. Hey, Congressman Kevin Kramer, uh, I, I think he's calling from the White House. And then he'll be flying on Air Force One to Fargo to rally with President Trump. He's going to be on the program next. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Rob Report 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Ben, did you tell me we have Congressman Kramer on? Uh, we do not have him on the line. We don't yet. Have him he hasn't called. Okay, he, should, he should be calling in here in a moment. Yep. Uh, I'm saying he's tweeting. He's hanging out with the president because he's posting pictures of himself with President Trump on Twitter. So hopefully he'll be getting on the program here in a moment. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com if uh, you want to get on the program. Um, with and and certainly uh, start uh, to to ask Congressman Kramer questions. We'll be asking questions, of course, about President Trump's visit. Uh, to North Dakota uh, later this uh, later this evening, and and of course the, the big news of the hour: Justice Kennedy announcing that he will be uh, stepping down from the Supreme Court at the at uh, on July thirty first. So at the end of next month, he'll be off the court. President Trump will then be free to uh, nominate a replacement. Uh, at which point, that just drove the stakes of the United States Senate or of the North Dakota Senate race very very high. Um, I think the stakes in that race just went through the roof. And it's, I mean, again, just, just, just to make it clear to you, there were a ton of Republicans who maybe weren't that enamored with President Trump to begin with, who voted for him specifically because they knew he was going to make these sort of appointments. Right? I mean, this is very, they're very important. And again, Justice Kennedy has been on the Supreme Court since 1988. I mean, he's been there for a long, long time. So it's it's just it's it's a big deal, um, and uh, I'm I'm sorry. No, uh, well, and you're saying that you know it raises the, the stakes in North Dakota. I'd say probably all across the country now for the midterms, like it just became that much more important to elect Republicans or Democrats depending on your side. Yeah, yeah. I mean now now all of a sudden the the majority, uh, whoever holds the majority in the Senate, is uh, well, I mean if it wasn't already important to Republicans. It's very important. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, this, in a lot of ways, this just nationalized this race, I think, in a way that is not very good for uh, for Senator Heidi Heitkamp. All right, let's uh, go to Congressman Kevin Kramer. He's holding on the line. Congressman, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm actually in, in the car on my way to, to the motorcade at the White House to go out to uh, the Andrews Air Force Base and get on, get on Air Force One, come to Fargo. Oh. Well, I saw you were just posted p- selfies with the president on Twitter. I was going to say you got online. Just put put the president on the phone. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking about that actually. Uh, he he won't get there till a little later. Um, oh, it, it might not surprise people that uh, that Marine One arrives after we're all on board. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Um, all right. Well, uh, Cong- oh, for, first of all, I guess I guess I got to ask you. The big news is right now. Uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy, who was a Reagan appointee, has been on the court since 1988, announces that uh, he's going to be stepping down at the end of July. Uh, that's a long time to serve his country, and, and certainly congratulations to him. Uh, but that obviously has political implications nationally. This this is another opportunity for President Trump uh, to appoint uh, the sort of judicial mind that Republicans, that conservatives want on the Supreme Court. And I, I feel like this is going to be an issue in, in, in your race uh, for, for the United States Senate. 
I don't think there's any question. In fact, prior to Justice Kennedy's announcement, I was actually doing a Stuart Barney on Fox Business when the news broke of the, the most recently announced five to four decision on the uh, union free speech uh, case. And uh, yesterday, of course, was the five four decision in support of the president's right, constitutional right to um, you know determine who gets into the country and specifically on the travel ban. Well, all of that highlights, of course, in conjunction with Justice Kennedy's uh, retirement, the importance of one vote. And as you know, I've been saying one vote matters. Uh, Justice Kennedy has been on the majority side of these 5-4 votes this week, which are very important, but it, but it highlights the importance of uh, judicial nominees clearly. And it really highlights beyond even the current time, into the future, to the next two years, the, the second half of President Trump's first term will be you know, legacy building as it relates to the courts, not just the Supreme Court, but the circuit and, and the appellate courts. So, it, no, it'll be a part of the, the mix for sure. If you make the argument and say, hey, it's important that we have a Republican Senate so that President Trump can get his appointments through, obviously the, the, the Supreme Court appointment to, to replace Justice Kennedy, um, if, if you make that argument, Senator Heitkamp can, can say rebuttal, say, hey, look, I voted for Neil Gorsuch. So you don't have to worry about me. Uh, I I vote with President Trump most of the time, as she often says in her campaign commercials. Um, But I I think the argument you can make is, well, okay, but still, her presence in that chamber as a member of the Democratic caucus is one vote, one more vote towards uh, a Senate majority leader, Chuck Schumer, who then would would be able to to control the proceedings, whether or not the Senate even votes on President Trump's judicial nominees. No, there's no question about that. And, and, and I take it one step further, Rob, and remind people that while Senator Heitkamp, when forced to vote for Neil Gorsuch, first voted against being able to vote for Neil Gorsuch. And, you know, it's the, the old I was against him before his forum trick, except it's more profound in this sense because she voted against the opportunity to have a majority vote on Neil Gorsuch. Uh, you know, it's a luxury that senators have to vote to not vote. Um, so anyway, I think there's that to begin with. But to your broader point, too, clearly, if there's a Senate majority, even by one vote, we don't ever we don't ever have a vote on a, on a Trump nominee, and that's uh, that's critical because this is the real legacy. If nothing else happens, and we certainly have a lot more to do, obviously, but if nothing else happens except the confirmation not only of the Supreme Court justices but the appellate court judges, uh, there are three more uh, circuit judges right now that are in the docket for. For confirmation in the Senate, Jeff Flake is holding them holding them up on an unrelated issue for now. But um, there, this, this is generational change for the better. And who knows what happens after Kennedy? While Kennedy's been on the majority side of five four, he's been a swing vote traditionally. And to replace him with somebody more reliable like Neil Gorsuch would be obviously big time. Um, if Garland Merrick, Merrick Garland had been the Supreme Court justice these last couple of months clearly we would be on the short side of these five to four votes uh seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. email talk at wday.com if you want to ask congressman kevin kramer a question coming at us live from a from a motorcade somewhere in washington dc um it's an exciting day but but a little bit of excitement to, to start your day big house votes on on the immigration mm-hmm. issue what happened there? That bill failed. President Trump had come out and endorsed it. The bill failed in the House, Kevin. What happened? I'm, I'm sorry. Say that again. Well, the, the the immigration bill failed in the House today. A, how did you vote? Oh, yeah. B, what happened? Yeah. I voted for it, and, and I think what happened was, well, I know what, what happened was is that 
um, once again, perfect became the enemy of good. And the uh, none of the Democrats voted for it, and a lot of our conservatives didn't vote for it. And a lot of times it, they, they do that simply because it's the, um, you know, when it's going to fail anyway, they have a tendency to not, you know, not take the stand for it. They, they vote against it because of what's not in the bill as opposed to what's, what is in the bill. I, I would say this. There is reason for some optimism because it will serve as a foundational bill going forward as we, um, you know, as we get forced to make this decision. Because speaking of courts, we have some court decisions pending right now on DACA, for example, that will have a profound, a profound impact on, um, on immigration if we, if we don't deal with it congressionally. But it was too bad that we weren't able to get it done. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com if you want to get in uh, any comments with uh, or questions for Congressman Kevin Kramer. Now, the big rally tonight, it's going to be at Shields mm-hmm. Arena. There's already, I'm, I'm watching uh, photographs being posted on social media by my fellow uh, forum communications uh, colleagues. <laughs> Hundreds of people out there uh, lining up already. People are excited about this. Kevin, what, what are we going to hear from the president tonight? Well, that's always a tough question to answer before he speaks because every time he yeah. thinks you know what he's going to say, he might say something else. That's part. I'm feeling a speechwriter. I'm feeling a speechwriter doesn't always know what he's going to say. That's exactly right. I would tell you this: what I expect him to say is, I expect him to to do what he's been doing, that is celebrate the successes of the first 18 months of this, um, you know, this unified Republican, uh, you know, legislature in the Congress working with a Republican president, and uh, there's a lot to celebrate certainly on the economic side. I also expect him to, you know, um, ask for more and to, and hopefully to have more, um, you know, more members of the Senate to ensure that this can happen, you know, that we can actually get the right judges, for example, on the courts and the right policies passed. We have a uh, caller on the line, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. You're on with Congressman Kramer. What's up? Hey, Mr. Kramer. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, Mr. Trump said that he was planning on maybe looking at earmarks coming back. I was wondering if you think that's a good idea to help with these votes. Yeah, so it's an interesting question because the the process of earmarks, earmarks were banned, and they're banned in the House. The Senate still tends to use them. But in the House, the reason that uh, earmarks were banned, they were banned when Republicans took control of the House in 2010. Uh, largely by then Speaker John Boehner and, of course, supported by a majority of the House members. Um, the, the, what some of the old guard will tell you about earmarks, and earmarks are those very specific uh, appropriations that are aimed right at a particular project. And a lot of times chairmen and high-ranking members get their earmarks to get their bridges to nowhere, which is the most famous earmark of all time in Alaska. Um, it's As a disciplinary tool, if you will, it's, they can be somewhat valuable because you have something that you hold that you hold over people, um, I, it's unfortunate that sometimes it takes that. It becomes an incentive to get people to try and do the right thing. On the other hand, the thing of the value of earmarks is that you actually have a debate in committee on the specific earmark. So the entire Congress gets to see what the earmark is. And I guess, for me, some combination of earmarks that include full disclosure might make some sense. By and large, I'm not a big fan of, of earmarks in, uh, you know, in the appropriations process. The appropriations process is complicated enough. On the other hand, if you don't do earmarks, you're turning the whole thing over to the bureaucracy, and that's not necessarily a thing either. 
Mark, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. couple minutes left with the congressman. Got an email question from Joshua. He says, does, does Kevin Kramer think the previous president, duly elected by the United States of America, should have been able to get a vote from the Senate on his nominee, Merrick Garland, or does he only support Republican presidents being able to appoint SCOTUS nominees? So I actually felt like the, the uh, Garland appointment at the time um, – should have been able to have a vote. I, I'm I'm not somebody who thinks that leadership should protect people, protect their members from difficult votes. So um, no, I think you could have a vote and have a, uh, a debate on the merits of the of the nominee. Um, that said, I don't think there's any question that if the, if the tables were turned, we'd have a different outcome. I think that certainly at that time, Harry Reid or Chuck Schumer would have exercised his discretion the same way that uh, Mitch McConnell did. The, the one thing that was a little different there is that we, we were coming up on an election, but even at that, um, you know, slow walking the process specifically to avoid a vote, I'm not a big fan of. But, I'm not, but I, Rob, you know me, I'm also not afraid to cast a difficult vote or to, to try to make yeah. the case for why somebody should or should not be the nominee. I mean, the Supreme Court appointees are, are – High stakes. I mean, again, big, uh, high stakes, ju- no Justice, Kennedy, Justice Kennedy was appointed in 1988, 30 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. th- these appointments last a very, very long time. Uh, that said, I, I generally think elections have consequences. Democrats had power yeah. uh, or they had the presidency in that moment. Uh, I think you should allow a vote. You know, I, I don't understand See, what the and, big deal was. And, Rob, to that point, because we talked a little bit ago about, you know, Senator Eichmann's vote to not vote, the whole filibuster thing in the United States Senate and the 60-vote margin for cloture – you know, a lot of people, including Mitch McConnell, will argue that, well, that's how we protect the rights of the minority. And, uh, you know, we've avoided really bad decisions as a result of that. Things like the, the uh, uh, cap and trade, for example, was was avoided because of the cloture rule. The problem with that is you, you do sort of prevent the consequences of elections. And I frankly trust the people, <laughs> the electorate a lot, maybe more than, than some do. But if you never vote on things or you you know protect the public if you will from a bad vote with the minority then you never see the stakes or the consequences of a bad election and uh, to your point i just think we sort of warp the whole process by not voting on things yeah i mean uh, speaking of a warp i mean i, I would imagine president Trump, i mean justice kennedy stepping down the end of july i would i would expect that at some point in the not too distant future we're going to get uh, a, a nominee from president trump uh, at which point we could have a vote this fall in the middle of middle of a Senate election of, 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 a, of a you know a hotly contested midterm election. Senator Heikamp could be asked to, to vote on this in the middle of, of this election, Kevin. She certainly could, and if if this vote is before the election, I suspect she'll be a yes for whatever Donald Trump I, puts up. If the vote comes after the election, um, you know who knows. So uh, you're, you're right, though it's uh, it's high stakes. It'll be. A pressure cooker, and it might very well be an opportunity for her to redeem herself a little bit before the election. Kevin, thanks for your time. Appreciate it as always, and uh, have fun tonight. I, in- I intend to have fun. Thanks, Rob. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll wrap the show up right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob. Report 970, WDAY AM 93.1 FM, wrapping up the show. J- just to put a period on the end of the sentence for, for how big of a deal it is this the supreme court issue uh a, a new appointee to, to, to the u.s supreme court um senator i mean senator heitkamp doesn't win in north dakota without republican voters right 
I mean, she just that's just the way the math works. You don't win on the statewide ballot in North Dakota without inspiring some Republicans to vote for you. If you're a Republican, you get most of the Republican votes. If you're a Democrat, you need at least some of them to win. Heidi Heitkamp needs Republican voters to win. So here's the message to those Republican voters right now. Those of you who generally vote Republican. Do, who do you want to be in charge of the confirmation process for President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court? Do you want it to be Mitch McConnell or do you want it to be Chuck Schumer? Because a vote for Heitkamp is a, is a vote for Chuck Schumer or somebody like Chuck Schumer to be in charge of that process. And that's the issue. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, uh, Trump obviously visiting Fargo. You want to stay tuned uh, right here on WDAY Radio if you want to listen to the speech. Um, you can also watch it live on WDAY television. Uh, you can stream it at WDAY.com and Inforum.com. Those are all places to go to stay tuned. Uh, you follow, follow the Trump Fargo hashtag on Twitter, if that's your thing. A bunch of us uh, from Forum Communications will be tweeting there as well as others. Um, and uh, also, Jay Thomas is going to be broadcasting live from Pub West on Veterans Boulevard in Fargo, uh, 2 to 5 p.m. today. So go over there if you want to hang out with Jay. Uh, try some Pete's Pistachios while you're there. They're sponsoring the live broadcast. Uh, and Pub West, by the way, is like three blocks from Shields Arena. So it's right there in the area. If you're uh, if you want to be around the Trump rally, if you want to be there, but maybe not in the arena or whatever, that's a great place to go. They have a big outdoor patio. I was just watching. Jay's got a picture posted of the patio. Uh, a, it looks beautiful. B, they got WDAY logos all over the place. What a beautiful thing. Um, so it's it's a great spot to be. Uh, and again, sample some of those uh, pistachio peats. Uh, what am I even saying? Pelican peats pistachios. Why did I say pistachio peat? Pelican peats pistachios. Yeah. The alliteration's got me all messed up. Mm. And I'm also still mad at Ben for denigrating pistachios. I I like some pistachios. I'm just, I'm not the biggest nut guy in general. Are so, pistachios a nut? I always, th- I'm probably wrong about that, but those peanuts, not, none of them, none of them have ever like really appealed to me. They're not a nut. That was fake news, Ben. Oh my. We've been perpetrating fake news, pistachios. What Pelican Pete's pistachios are not nuts. They're they're a member of the cashew family. Oh, okay, okay. And cashews so are cashews. not nuts. No, they are not. No. So that yeah. is my mistake. I apologize. No, I'm I called him a nut too. Okay. You know what? I think you're a nut though for not liking pistachios. Probably. <laughs> I've I've had a couple people tell me that throughout the years, so Yeah, all right, all right. Uh yeah, it's been a fun show. Uh coming up on tomorrow's show. What are we doing on tomorrow's show? I got it noted down here. I don't even know what we're doing. Um, we've got fun stuff. Oh, we're going to talk about wind farms. There is a uh, a state lawmaker who is a little bit concerned about people who, who are putting up wind farms uh, signing away some of their property rights. We'll talk with him about that. Also, I'm sure we'll have a big recap of everything that happened uh, at the Trump rally tonight. I'll have a print column uh, tonight as well about it, so watch for all that. Of course, watch sayanythingblog.com for updates. Thanks for listening. Jay Thomas Show straight ahead. Broadcasting live from Pub West. Don't go away. You want to stay tuned.